to the Hot Bread Honeys podcast. I'm Corey, and this is my co-host Michelle. Hello. Who is my best friend and also happens to be my mother. Yes, we really do eat hot bread on every podcast. Don't you wish you could smell it? So this week, we are talking about something that is very near and dear and close to our hearts. Um, There was an incident of some sort. And so um, today we're talking about uh, animals and Corey is a little uptight right now because of something she experienced. I'm a little fired up. Yeah. So this is going to be an interesting discussion today. Should I start out with what happened last night? Uh, perhaps. Perhaps. But maybe to give people a little bit of background, you, going into this, you need to know that both of us are huge animal lovers. Like huge, huge. animal lovers. I, I know that for me, it stems, I, I know that after I die, I'm going to have a superpower and I'm going to be able to communicate with the animals because that's, that's my, yeah. 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 I'm just super sensitive to animals in general. I think it came from you and from grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, but to give you a little bit of context to see how serious we are, a couple <laughs> of years ago, Disney came out with a Pete's Dragon live action movie. And we decided to go see it. Um, No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. It's Pete's Dragon, you know. We walked out halfway through because we couldn't handle how sad Elliot the dragon was. And it was a CGI (laughs) dragon. It's not even a real type of animal. But we couldn't handle how sad the dragon was. We walked out because it was giving us anxiety. So that kind of gives you an idea of how insane we are. (laughs) I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing to have compassion. And that's exactly what it is. And that's why I say for me, yeah, I have so much compassion for the animals and my concern with them, even with our own pets and things, is if I have to take them to the vet. I want to be able to speak to them and tell them, don't worry, I'm going to come back and get you. It's It's going to be be okay. okay. Yeah. (laughs) So last night I was scrolling through Instagram and this is my biggest pet peeve because I purposefully don't follow very many animal accounts before, because of this, I can't handle all of the posts about like a GoFundMe because an animal got ran over and that needs this surgery because I will want to donate to every single one. My bank account can't handle that, first of all. And my mental state can't handle seeing that. And not that it's necessarily a bad thing. No, I think it's great. I need everybody else to donate so that I don't have to see it. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of people out there that really go the extra mile with with injured animals that they see and rescue. And I think that's so awesome. And and we have rescued animals ourselves. Um, But anyways, last night night I was scrolling through Instagram and I was watching people's stories. And this one account that I follow, they normally just post like funny memes. They posted about this dog um, with the hashtag Save Rex, sign this petition. And I made the mistake of going to the page and reading the story. And I won't go into detail because I know it's going to bother my mom here. And it, I don't want to talk about it either because then I'll cry. But basically, the way this, this dog was killed. and not, the, not euthanized. Not euthanized. It was killed by a person brutally. And the person only got a fine rather than jail time just because of the type of sentence it was. It was, it was, uh, sentenced as just animal cruelty rather than aggravated animal cruelty. And basically he strangled the dog to death. Okay. But back up. It was a save Rex. Hashtag justice for Rex. Oh, just, okay. 
Yeah, so the petition okay. was to get it bumped up to aggravated assault. So, Well, aggravated uh, animal cruelty so that the man could serve jail time. Okay. So I signed the petition. I don't... And then they were asking for donations to get it on the docket. But I don't know how far that will go, but basically... I think it it just got me fired up about got animal cruelty up. laws. Yeah. And I don't think that they're severe enough. Right. <laughs> Maybe that, I'm crazy, but I don't think they're severe enough. And that that's because we have such high regard for animals and yeah. their and their feelings and their their lives. And the law is not something that I'm prepared to go into today because I don't know I, I don't know what the it laws are. I don't know what they, state. It, it does. It does. And, um, yeah, and I'm not here to, to. No, we're more so here to talk about just how much animals mean to us. Um, our experiences with animals, our opinions on things like hunting. Yeah. Um, the struggle that I, the biggest struggle I have with any of these types of discussions, depending on who you're talking to, I struggle with the people who think that animals are just an animal. That they think right. they don't feel. They think they don't have emotions. They think they don't... People um, think of them as property. Plot. They do. They do. Yeah. And they, they think of them as just a dumb animal. That they don't have much of a brain and that they don't feel and that, you know, this kind of stuff. And I know for a fact that that is not true. I know for a fact that animals have emotions, they feel, they have fear, they 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 love, they look out for each other in certain breeds and certain species and and all that kind of stuff. And so I have a real struggle with people who think that they are just dumb animals. Yeah. I, I really agree. have a problem with that. I agree. And I even have a problem the area that we live in a lot of people get pets both dogs and cats and they immediately turn them into outside animals or they they pen up the dogs in a little you know five by five little dog pen or the cats are left to roam free and fend for themselves around the neighborhood because they got them to be mousers or whatever and and then those cats breed with each other because they're not fixed and then you have new kittens running around the yeah around the neighborhood that don't have homes maybe that's just our area but it pisses me off well, and I think, you know, for me, as far as pets go, I don't understand why people would get a pet and call it a pet just to put it outside in a pen and never let it be inside with the family. Right. And I I understand. I know what a mess animals can make in the house. There are a lot to clean up after. There's hair and they string their food around and, and they slobber but and frankly, whatever. You took on that responsibility when right. you got the animal. And I feel very strongly about that. It's a commitment. It's a lifelong commitment. And um, you just you don't get a pet just to toss it outside and, and not pay attention to it. Yeah. I agree. So and I see so much of that. Yeah. Ugh, and it bothers me. Yeah. Really. I think it's especially bad in the area that we live in. I don't I don't know if it's worse know. other places, but I think it's, it's probably the same seems everywhere. It's to be pretty bad here. I don't but, know. Um we do live in a big hunting area though. That's a good segue because one of the things that I wanted to talk about was hunting. Okay. Um I don't like hunting. Yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> no. Um I eat meat. We both eat meat. We are meat. not vegetarian or vegan. We're not against, obviously, the killing of animals for food. However, 
I am against hunting for sport. Yeah. I don't think that it's a very good judge of your character. Well, it is a good judge of it is a good judge of your character, but I don't think it speaks very highly of you if you are out killing animals for just fun. for fun. Yeah. Because you enjoy killing a living You're taking being. a life. Yeah. You're taking a life. And those animals have a purpose. They serve a purpose. And I think some people will argue, well, the population of the deer is too high and they've, they've got to allow us to hunt to keep them down. And so eat the meat. Eat the meat. Right. And I have known people. I've known, I've known multiple people. I've worked with people. They've been colleagues of mine that hunt because they need to supplement their family's food. Yeah. You know, and this is a way to do it very inexpensively, but they do actually eat the meat. And that is their purpose for going hunting. In the process of that, they make it an event and they camp and they, you know, it's a family, it's a big family time. That, in our area, hunting is, that is a family thing, especially for the men in the family. But I've known plenty of females that go and enjoy the hunt. There's a lot of areas to hunt a lot of different types of hunting that go on and and that's fine i mean that's fine and if you if you make it a a, if there's a bonding experience that goes along with it and you're using the meat for your family fine i'm fine with that i am not fine though if it's all just about getting the the biggest buck with the most points on their horns and you know all that and and the trophy the trophy i'm not about it for the trophy I will also say that even if it was a bonding experience, I could never have married someone or been with someone that was a hunter. Just because of how strongly I feel about it, I wouldn't be able to handle knowing that my significant other was out there killing something. Yeah, I don't know. I'd rather let someone else do it. And I don't know if that's me being naive. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think naive is the word. No. I, I think had you been in that situation and had to make that decision, eh, then it would come down to why are they hunting? Right. What's their Luckily, purpose? I wasn't put in that position. I think yeah, that the I best way either. to describe how I feel about hunting, there was a character on Once Upon a Time. It was, I think it was called The Huntsman. He was called, he was the, called Huntsman. the Huntsman. Oh, yeah, The Huntsman uh, from Snow White. And there was a scene where he was starving to death and he had to kill this deer for food or he wasn't going to live. And he actually started crying after he killed the animal because he was so upset that he had to take a life. And then he thanked the animal. Thank you for dying so that I can live. And I think that that is my... That is the best comparison that I can make to how I feel about animals. And I think in an ideal world, we would all feel that way. Um, I know that when... This isn't really what this this, uh, podcast today was supposed to be about either. But, you know, I think about Temple... What's her name? Temple Grandin. Temple Grandin. And you studied her a lot when you were in high school. You I took whole... an animal science class in high school yeah. and we learned a lot about her. Basically, she was an animal scientist, I think. I, I've forgotten a lot. But basically, she created a butcher house. That's a horrible term. but that's Slaughterhouse? Slaughter. That's not better. No, it's not better, but I don't know what the proper <laughs> basically, term is. Basically, she created a... Um, an environment. Yeah. A safe, um, comfortable environment for the cows. 
Non-stressful. Yeah, yeah. And basically cows like to walk in circles as a pack. And so she created a butcher house to where the cows walked in on their own into the butcher house. And then they're killed instantaneously so they don't feel any pain. And, and they they're were, not scared. They were not scared going into it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a similar situation with a friend of mine at work whose, whose daughter um, was in uh, FFA this past year. And they were raising pigs. And she, <laughs> it, was, it was an interesting journey for her because uh, her and her mom are animal lovers like we are. But um, she learned a lot about that process also. And the, when, they, when they took the pigs to auction, the company that bid on her pig and purchased her pig, was the, the guy was talking to her and explaining to her the process and reassuring her that this was not a scary thing. And, and so and the, the way, the, the process, the, yeah. the way that they do it. And, and that the pig wouldn't <clears throat> be scared. So it's good for me to know that there are people out there that care about that. In and that field that care about that. In that, that. field. And, and like we both said, we're, we're not vegetarians. I think that animals were, were put here on earth with a purpose. And part of that purpose was for us, for food, for nourishment. Yeah. And I like that attitude of thanking and being grateful for that animal. Yep. That, that that's their purpose and they, they gave their life. And I don't think that it needs to be a stressful experience for them. I think yeah. it can be a, I don't want to say a positive experience, but it doesn't have to be stressful for them. They don't need to be scared. Yep. They don't need to be scared about it. Yeah. I did know a vegetarian one time. This is a little side note. She was vegetarian simply because of her love of animals. It wasn't because it wasn't because it was trendy. It wasn't be, she wasn't doing it for health reasons or anything like that. She just was such an animal lover that she couldn't eat the meat. And I talked to her one day and I said, "So if you knew for sure that the animal that you were eating had lived a long, happy life and that they had died of old age, would you eat the meat? And she said, yes. Yep. So it wouldn't be very good meat, by the way. But... No, and that was something that I was talking to. Like, I took a food science class while I was in, uh, in college uh, for my major. And I was talking to my professor one time about why... Uh, what is it called? Calf's meat? Veal. Veal. That's what I was thinking, but I wasn't yeah. sure if that was right. Um, why veal is so popular, and it seems just so disgusting to kill a baby animal for food, but it's because their muscles are young and not weathered and tired. And why are we talking about that? I don't know. You brought it up. <laughs> I did? Yeah, by... Because it wouldn't be very good meat if you waited until they were old and well, died because they'd be yeah, tough. Okay, so that was just, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. That was just a We'll move note. on. Yeah. Another thing that I wanted to talk about was the stigma over mourning a loss of a pet. I think there is a stigma that it is dumb to mourn the loss of a pet. That they're not, it's not the same. And obviously it isn't the same as losing a human family member. But for me... It's up there. Yes. And, and you know, you raise an important point there. As people are listening to us, yes, we get kind of worked up and we get emotional over these animals. But we also do have our heads on straight. And, yeah. yes, our family is important. And we do recognize that, 
there is a difference. There is a difference. There's totally a difference. But we also get very attached to our pets and they are part of our family. Yeah. And when you're with them for 10 plus years, you know, their personalities, Yeah. you know, their quirks and they have a, they have a place and they have a routine and you know, we're used to them being around and they comfort us. I mean, how many people in the world now have emotional support animals? What, I have is, that, what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah, I have that as another point that I want to talk about because I think people discount emotional support animals. Like, oh gosh, they're just trying to make an excuse for them to put their pet on a plane. And I think but there are those. There are but... <laughs> those. However, I am a testament that animals really do help with anxiety. Yeah, they do. Significantly. And yeah. you can talk about the cats purring too. But we'll get oh, into yeah. that in a minute. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say that I've seen so many people on YouTube and on social media when they lose a pet and they feel like they have to justify it and add a disclaimer like, I know that you guys are going to say that it's just an animal, but they were part of my family. Like, they have to justify it. Yeah. And I don't think that's okay. I don't think that we should have to justify it. They're part of our family. And it's horrible. There's something very cleansing to just own your emotions. Yeah. I am distraught. Yeah. Period. And that's the way it is. Yep. And I, there, okay, you know, there was the loss of, of a particular cat of mine and I'm getting She's choked up right now. I'm, I'm getting choked up right now, even talking about him. And, um, yeah, I was a mess. I was a mess. For months she was a mess. And I did have some people that totally understood. Yeah. And... And, um, and that, that feels good, too, to have support uh, Support people. other people that understand. I would also say that it's worse to lose a pet, not from old age, when it's very sudden. Yeah. It's worse because you're not even prepared for it. Yeah. We have a cat currently that's getting old, and he has all sorts of health problems, and he should not have lived as long as he has. No. Um, so we're more prepared for it and we'll know that he's not suffering anymore when he passes on. But some of our other pets, it's like, they were so young. They didn't deserve to go as early as they did. Yeah. And then you question what happened. What happened? What did we do? Yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, let's go back to emotional support animals. So we've mentioned, have we mentioned that we both suffer from anxiety yet? Have we mentioned that? No, I don't think so. So both of us mm-hmm. <laughs> suffer greatly from anxiety to the point where it's physically crippling. Um, some, I think a lot of people, I, it's kind of a buzzword and we're planning on doing a whole episode about our struggles with anxiety and depression, but it's kind of a buzzword right now. And I think we should make it clear that our anxiety causes physical pain. Yeah. Um, cause it kind of gives perspective. And I will also throw in, I think there is a reason that it's a a big thing right now. I think a lot of people do suffer from it because our society has created such an environment that people are uptight. Yep. People are really uptight. Social media. Social media is horrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that it's a good thing that people are able to talk about it. It's just a hard thing to kind of define. And especially for people who don't experience it. They don't understand that you feel physical pain. And I don't think everybody that suffers from anxiety feels it physically. There's a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways that it manifests itself. And there's a lot of different levels. Yeah, there are. And there's a difference between being worried or nervous mm-hmm. 
and having anxiety. There's a difference. Um, Anyways, that's a topic for a different day. But anyways, emotional support animals. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, I think that a lot of people discount any emotional support animal. And I do think that there are people who take advantage of the idea of an emotional support animal. However, I can attest that me and Trevor having our cat Howard, when I got Howard... It was a game changer, especially at the time that I got him. He was so calming in a raging storm of life that I was in. Um, Do you want to talk about what a cat's purr does? Well, they have done studies, and I can't give you any references right now. I would have to go and look them up. Um, But they have done studies that have proven that there's a a rhythm to a cat's purr. Any of you guys that have cats, you know this. And a cat's purr is very relaxing. But they have done studies and proven that when one cat is purring in a group of cats, I say a group, it can be one other cat, it can be multiple cats, whatever. But one cat can sense that another cat is uptight or in a stressful situation. And the first cat will go and lay with that stressed cat and will start purring. Purring in a cat doesn't always mean that they're really happy and relaxed. It's also a survival tactic for them and it's a it's a calming feature. They do it to try to relax themselves. But cats will go to other cats that are stressed out and they will start purring and the second cat that is in the stressful situation will the that cat's breathing will uh sink itself to the cat that is purring and will calm down. The blood pressure will come down, the the breathing will come down and the cat will relax. And I personally believe that this carries over to a cat purring on a human. Because it's so calming. It is. And I think there's something to be said about the vibration as well. Right. Because their anxiety um calming tactics, healing tactics, like when you're in the middle of a panic attack, a way to bring yourself down is humming. Oh, okay. Which causes a vibration it in your throat. Causes a vibration, an inner which vibration. Which is kind of like yeah. a purr. Yeah. But, you know, our cats will come, and I think they do sense, well, I, I know that, I mean, they've also proven there are cats that live in nursing homes, and those cats know they sense when a person is getting ready to die yeah. and they will go to that person and they will lay on that person. And, and I think it's a comforting thing. I think yeah. cats do that naturally. So, and I think, you know, we've had situations in our own home when people have been sick and I'm, and, and we're talking, I'm not just talking a sniffle or a cold or something. I'm talking big sicknesses or surgeries and things like this. Like when I had my knee surgery. mm -hmm, And and when your dad had his uh, knee replacement and everything, we have a particular cat that would not leave that bedside. And they would, they actually even would gravitate towards the part of the body that was needing the repair and the healing. And they would lay as they would lean, they would lean on the leg or lay over the knee or whatever. And they would just lay there and purr and purr Mm -hmm. and purr and purr and sleep. And I... We, we joke about it in our house, you know, that they have special healing powers. I think it's But true. it's not a joke. I mean, I, I firmly believe it. Yeah. I firmly believe it. Because we've experienced yeah, it. Yeah, we have. Yeah. We have. Um, something else that I wanted to touch on is another stigma against certain breeds of dogs. Oh. Dogs specifically, mm-hmm. such as 
German Shepherds, which we have a German Shepherd. Mm -hmm. uh, Pitbulls, Rottweilers, any uh, that Dobermans, Dobermans uh, ones that have been used for fighting. Um, basically, all I wanted to say about that is that people make dogs that way. Yeah, they do. You are the ones who raise them to mm -hmm. be fighting dogs and be aggressive. Uh, if you guys, I, you can go to my Instagram. I have a highlight an animal's highlight and uh, you can see our German Shepherd just lounging all over my husband, just relaxed and just cuddling up to him. He thinks he's a lap dog. He's a big baby yep. and he gets so relaxed and you can do, you can play with his teeth and yep. you can play with his feet and you his can ears. give him kisses. You can yeah. kiss his face. Yeah. yeah. That's all I wanted to say about that. I just have always wanted to be able to say that to a greater audience that you people are the ones that make dogs that way. Absolutely. It's all in it's how they're raised. It's not inherent in the breed. No, it's all in how they're raised. I will say that some breeds have a higher tendency. Sure, they do. And I think we have to admit that. There are certain breeds that tend to be more aggressive because over the history of time, they were bred for certain things. They yep. were bred for to be guard dogs. We have, yep. we have a St. Bernard and I don't know that how many, I don't know how many people know this, but St. Bernard's were originally bred to be guard dogs at the monasteries in the, yep. in the Swiss Alps. And, you know, I always thought of, of St. Bernard's as these big oaf dogs. She are St. Bernard. A she, is, she is a fantastic guard dog. You know, <laughs> you know, when somebody's coming up the driveway, you know, when somebody's at the door, you know, when somebody's taking a walk down the street, I mean, yeah. she alerts us to everything. Yep. So there are certain traits in dogs that and they were bred for that. Yeah. And that's just what they were bred for through generations and generations and they're good traits. But as far as, you know, being um, mean, that's yeah. how they're raised. Yeah. And I can, you know, we've had, we've had more than one German shepherd and, and both of them, both of them were fantastic dogs. But I can also say that our dog now, Leroy is, he is slightly more aggressive. If you want to use the word yeah. aggressive than Max was, Max was, he was protective, Let's but also he was mention... not aggressive. That it's never with us. No, it's no, no, no. It's never no, with no, no, no. the family. It no. is always with people outside of their yeah. personal circle. Yeah. And that is also our fault. And if he feels, if he, if they feel like that someone in their family is being threatened. Yes. Yeah. That's also our fault. Because we didn't socialize them as puppies. Right. So they're not used to being around yeah, that's, anybody that's other totally than our, our family. Fault. That's totally our fault. Yeah. That's just part of our lifestyle. So and, back to yeah. our original point, it's all in how you raise them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. What do you want to talk about next? Actually, what I want to talk about is uh, what people, you know, so many people think that animals don't think or that they don't have emotions and they don't um, care. And, um, oh, holy cow, they do. Yeah. <laughs> they totally do. Um, I believe that animals have souls. Yep. I believe that they can sense our emotions. Yep. Um, they have empathy. They, yep. they have ambition for higher status in their packs. They play. They experience fear. They are able to relax. And they are able to love. And trust. And trust. That's a big one. Yeah, trust. Um, I found, I was reading an article. It was an article um, actually by National Geographic and they were interviewing the author of a new book 
And I can't speak for the book right now because I have not read it. I just found out about it this week as I discovered this article. And then we realized we were going to talk about this today. But I'm going to get this book and read it. It's called Beyond Words, What Animals Think and Feel. And it's by Carl Safina. And um, they were posing questions to him in this article. And why for so long have people been so averse to admitting that there may be that these that animals they plot they think ahead they plan they you know and um so he goes into that why why people even you know scientists even um you know have been averse to thinking this and he he talks a lot about um for lack of a better word tradition and you know legends and fables and stories that we've always had you know that tortoises are slow and foxes are clever and and you know this kind of stuff and that it's just been passed down through generation and generation and it's only been recently in the last i don't know 50 to 100 years that they've actually studied animals and have proven that they have thought processes, that they have emotions, that they have social connections, they create bonds within their own species and with humans also, and that they have very distinct personalities. And um, I'm excited. I'm really excited to read the book. And after I read it, maybe we'll um, we'll do a follow-up. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do a quick little quick little book review for you guys because that kind of stuff fascinates me. Elephants especially. And and he mentions he mentions all kinds of animals, you know, elephants, dogs, cats, birds. I mean, he he ta- and monkeys, of course, and apes, and they are so intelligent. I mean, when you can teach a gorilla sign language and they can actually communicate and yeah. express love, they mourn when they lose someone in their group. And the stories of elephants and how they pull together as a community of elephants. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the word is for a group of of elephants. A cluster. I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, they pull together to help each other out. You know, there's there's a a well-known story online about a baby elephant that gets stuck in a in a canal or something like that and can't get out. And the one elephant can't get it out by herself. And so a couple of other elephants come and together as a group, they get this baby elephant out of this canal. There's all kinds of stories like that. And elephants, they always help each other when one of them is giving birth. Like they form a circle around the mother who's giving birth to to protect. protect. Yeah. And they mourn. Yeah. Elephants for sure. They mourn. cry, don't they? Um, I don't know that they cry, but you can definitely see it in their body language. I think there's so, a type of animal that actually cries. I don't know. I don't know what animal that would be, but I don't know. So that's kind of my thing, and I'll let you guys know how that book is. But you yeah, know, we'll I just, do a book I just, uh, I will argue, I will argue that about animals till I die. You know that they feel and have a soul and. Um, yeah, they love unconditionally. They do. Isn't that awesome? No matter, no matter what you do, no matter how crappy of a person you are, no matter what decisions you've made, no matter if every other human on the planet hates you, if you're feeling so alone, your animal will always love you and and adore you. So quick to forgive you. Oh yeah. They are so quick to forgive you. What's that meme that is running around the internet that says something to the effect of be the type of person that your dog thinks you are? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You need to tell the story about Leroy. Um we're him talking to you. (laughs) This was just a couple days ago. This was just a couple of days ago. So 
it has suddenly, you know, it's gotten really hot. We were talking about that previously. And so he's kind of molting and we, we try to brush our dogs and you just can't get all the hair. And it's like, it reaches a certain temperature and it, he just kind of explodes with all these tufts of hair it's all kind of over like his body. It's like a cattail that explodes. Yeah, it is. And that you guys kind are of familiar like with that, that plant. Too. So he was sitting up on the couch with me and I was kind of picking at his tufts and, and they come right out. They're not attached. They're already loose it's from the skin. It's not him no. to pull them out. And they're just being held in there by the other bunches of hair. And so you can just pull out these big tufts. We were just sitting there relaxing, talking, whatever. And I was pulling on these tufts and he doesn't like it a whole lot. So I was just kind of trying to get his mind on other things. And I was just rubbing him and scratching him and whatever. And then I'd, you know, pull a little tuft out and pull another little toughed out and he again to clarify it doesn't hurt him. no it doesn't hurt him at all and um he kind of every time I would pull one out he'd kind of snap his head around kind of fast like you know I don't really like that and he'd be looking at me and and he'd kind of then he would he would go and um chew like almost it, like it makes it itch or something yeah. when it comes out and he would chew or something and anyway I pressed and my, he kind of growls he does everyone he starts to growl a little bit and you're like oh relax I know this doesn't hurt you it doesn't hurt yeah it doesn't hurt him at all because you can yeah anyway. it's loose it's, it's loose, loose. Hair. it's totally loose so anyway I was pressing my luck he just doesn't like to be picked at I guess but <laughs> I was I was pressing my luck and I was pulling pulling these little tufts out and he was growling just a little bit under his breath just giving me a little warning that he didn't really like me doing that and all of a sudden he turned on me and he snapped at me and he nipped me a little bit he didn't break the skin or anything like that it was a warning it was a warning and I kind of scolded him and as Leroy yeah I said something like Leroy you don't do that to me why did you do that to me that's so mean he literally started trying to talk to me he was like woo, 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 woo. he was yeah. he was making these like sounds Scooby-Doo. like like yeah it was like scooby-doo and he it was and his ears went back not in a bad way but like in an apologetic way yeah and his eyes are so expressive and his little eyebrows and everything and he was talking to me and i was just i was busting up laughing i'm like oh my gosh he's trying to say he's sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um he, you know, and then he, he let me, you know, I took my hand to his head and I just started rubbing his ears and everything and he, and, fine. and he was fine and we made up and, but he's a funny dog and he will, he pouts Yep. when he gets jealous, he pouts. And if he knows he's in trouble, he will, sulk and he will, he gets embarrassed and, yep. and it will go on for a period of time. But yeah, he and I just had a little conversation and. And I know, I've always known, he, he understands full sentences and, and yep. I, you can talk to him. He knows what you're saying. Yep. Our other German Shepherd was that way too. They're so smart. They understand like so, full sentences. Full sentences. Yeah. 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 He always knows like when we have a cat that's out in the backyard and oh, we yeah. lose track of him, like they're in the bushes or something, we'll let Leroy out and say, Leroy, go find Mo. And he will take yep. you right to him. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Makes our lives a little bit easier. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, do you have anything else that you want to touch on? I think I covered everything. I, you know, there's not enough time, really. I mean, we could get into a lot of yeah. things and, and a lot of emotions. And like I said, there's there's no, I mean, we're not, we're not trying to create new law here or anything. Just wanted to have a... What do you want people to take away from this episode? Um... I would hope that people would take away the idea of just being, um, first of all, more sensitive to animals 
recognizing that they have a purpose and um, that they have beings. a life. They have a life. They and are feelings. a soul. And then I would also hope that if there's if there's anybody listening that doesn't care about animals, I would hope that they would at least be more sensitive to those of us that do care yep. about animals. And, and hopefully it just makes you think a little bit. I personally I personally have never been mocked for my feelings about animals. I've had people that have kind of shrugged their shoulders and I've never really felt mocked myself. I have. But I have been around people and I know good and well that they are that they don't they don't appreciate yeah. my feelings and um I have been mocked for my love for animals by someone pretty close to me actually. And it made me feel like crap. And it's just one of those things. Why are you going to fault somebody for caring, for being compassionate, for being a sensitive person towards a living animal? Uh, yeah. Because we, I mean, we're not overboard either. Yeah. You know, it's just being respectful. It's being respectful of life. That's what I would like for maybe people to take away. Yeah. There, frankly, there, needs, there needs to be a general respect for life. Yep. My life motto is I can learn everything I need to know about a person based on how they treat animals. That's all I need to know about your character. Yeah. I and agree. I agree. I'll just leave you with that thought. Uh, also... If you are going to adopt an animal, adopt, don't shop. Yeah. Go rescue an animal that needs it. Especially if you have the means, adopt an older animal. Don't go get a kitten. Don't get a puppy. Go adopt an older animal that really needs a home. For sure. Because you can make the the rest of their life really amazing and meaningful. And yours too. Yeah. And they will change your life, I promise. Well, you have anything else you want to say? A lot. Yeah. Too but much. I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hopefully you guys got something out of this episode. We really hope you enjoyed. Uh, don't forget to rate the podcast on your podcast app. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, go find us on Instagram. Go f- uh, email us. The email is in the show notes, hotbreadhoneys at gmail.com. Send us your questions, any topics you want us to discuss. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks, guys. And we'll talk to you very soon. Bye. Bye.